Welcome to my last watch. My name is Kaylee. And I'm Gun. In this show, I've challenged Gun to trade up a $100 watch into a dream watch, which in this case is a Nomos campus for Gun's dad. And just a quick update on that, we have listed the watch on another place besides Instagram, so now it's just a matter of getting some bites. But something very important happened this week. Gun got a package in the mail from DHL that you've been waiting for since February. Yes, it's been exactly 187 days, but who's counting? (laughs) The package was pretty beat up. But do you want to tell the audience what was inside? The package I had been waiting for for 187 days was my Chrono Tokyo Chronograph 2 that I had purchased in uh, February. The package arrived in the afternoon, but I had class that night. So I told Gun, like, hey, can you wait to open it till I'm done with class? And so you Which actually, I, did. I know, I was surprised. <laughs> I didn't think you would agree to that. Well, I waited six months for this package, so I could wait a few more hours. Yeah. And I wanted to share that experience with you, you know, since... Very special. (laughs) Well, thank you for waiting. So around (laughs) 9.45 p.m., Gunn finally digs into opening this box. I don't think I've ever seen you open a box so gingerly and carefully. Well, because it was already damaged on the outside, so I wanted to be as precious and gentle as possible while opening it. But luckily, watch was in perfect shape that hadn't been damaged at all. And what was surprising was, along with the watch, there is a small gift as well, along with a handwritten memo. Uh, The handwritten note basically was thanking us for being loyal to the brand and our support, and also, more importantly, uh, for our patients waiting for the Chronograph 2. Initially, when they had uh, launched the Chronograph 2, they... Uh, set the delivery time, I think, to June or July, but they were like a month or two late. But that's to be expected given the current circumstances with COVID. And then also Chrono Tokyo is known for very stringent quality control. So a lot of watches get turned back, which I have no issues with. I'd rather receive a perfect watch that has gone through that process and wait a few more months rather than get a watch early and have, you know, issues with the dial or, you know, it's not up to my expectations. And in addition to the note, they actually included another small gift. Yes, the small gift was a ceramic sake cup with uh, the Chrono Tokyo branding on it. Unfortunately, I'm not really a sake drinker, but I think I'll be drinking a lot of soju in this uh, glass. After you opened all those items, then of course it was time to open the main entree, the main package. Yes. Was it worth the the wait? It was definitely worth the wait. I think it normally takes me a week or two to actually uh, warm up to a watch, especially with this watch. There's so many small details, nuances, and intricacies that it's definitely going to take me a week or two to you know kind of play with the watch and warm up to the watch and kind of get settled in. So I'll do a more in-depth review in the upcoming weeks, but right now I'm just trying to enjoy the watch and kind of learn more about it. Did it at least meet expectations? It definitely met expectations. And the details were were what really blew me away. You know, it's a very busy dial since it's a chronograph. There's, you know, I think a tachymeter and a pulse meter. There's something that has to do with um, pulse recording. So there is another metric system. So it could be very busy. It is very busy, but somehow Chrono Tokyo made it work. I liked the look of it. I think it looked really clean and it was smaller than I expected. 
which I'm a fan of. I like the intricacies of the dial because there is multiple layers and then the way the light plays with the dial, I really enjoyed. But yeah, it'll take me a few more weeks to really get to know the watch. These small gestures like Chrono Tokyo adding a sake cup with the watch, these are things that I think as a watch or just as a customer to a brand, these small touches don't go unnoticed. The reason I talk about this is this is actually what made me a fan of Chrono Tokyo during the Mori, Mori release. I know I've talked about it in previous episodes, but long story short, there was a glitch in the payment system for the Mori launch. And what the company did was basically they opened up uh, their release to everyone for about 10 minutes, which was a very surprising gesture to a lot in the watch community because these watches were selling out within minutes of the launch. After seeing Chrono Tokyo and their stance they took to make up for their mistakes, that really showed me what kind of brand they were. And I think that's what's really nice about micro brands when it comes to watches. They have that flexibility, so it's a more personalized experience. When it's a company's bad, whether it's a payment glitch or a delay in delivery, though, that's what you would hope most companies do is do something proactive to make things right. Not yes, all companies that is do true, that. but you yeah. rarely see uh, something like this happening in the watch industry. And so that was very refreshing to see. And this made me <laughs> think about the word that our uncle taught us. It's a Japanese word called omote nashi. Omote means public face, and then nashi means nothing. Basically, what that means is every service or hospitality you provide should be bottom, from the bottom of your heart, honest, no hiding, no pretending. And so I think as customers to a brand, you're able to see that honest communication when a brand goes above and beyond. And that makes you kind of loyal to the brand, which is what we wanted to talk about in this episode. We just wanted to kind of talk about brand loyalty and certain brands that we've become fans of. Yeah, I don't think there's a direct word comparison to omotenashi in the English language. I know I've heard Americans of it. Because Americans don't provide <laughs> hospitality like the Japanese. No, do. that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anything beats a Japanese hospitality. Or Asian hospitality. Japanese hospitality, mm, but Asian hospitality. Japanese specifically. <laughs> I, I think Koreans take pride in their hospitality as well, so... <laughs> I can't speak on that too much. You have more experience in yes. Korea than I do. But I think no one beats Japan when it comes to hospitality. I agree. <laughs> so, Kaylee, do you have any experiences with Omotenashi or any brands you're loyal to? Sort of. Okay. I don't know if I'd consider it Omotenashi. I'm probably going to be butchering the pronunciation <laughs> of that word, so forgive but me. But you are half Japanese. Okay, though. well, yes. I'm the only... <laughs> person of Japanese heritage in this room. <laughs> yes, that is true. But your your story of the Chrono Tokyo and getting the sake glass reminded me of a recent customer service experience I had with HelloFresh. Okay. So about once a month, Gun and I will do some sort of meal delivery kit, whether that's HelloFresh or Blue Apron. The main reason why I do that is because it just is so convenient not having to think about meal planning. And this episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. <laughs> no, just kidding. We definitely do not have enough listeners to get a sponsorship. But I like where you're going. Yes. I feel like every podcast so, has Hello some sort Fresh, of if you're listening. partnership with HelloFresh or Blue Apron. But anyway, the great thing about these meal kits is that you don't have to grocery shop. You don't have to look up recipes. You have all the ingredients that you need to make dinner for that week. 
generally we get these boxes on Tuesdays. The other day I'm waiting to get a text about this delivery coming and later on that night I get a notification that the box is going to be delayed. Look out for it tomorrow. Daylight, generally okay. So Wednesday I'm waiting for this box and I get an email that the box is actually not going to be delivered. And this was the first time that a box has just straight up not not came. <laughs> In the email, they proactively give us garlic bread, which is a $3.99 value towards our next order. To be frank, I'm not super impressed by this customer service gesture. You were enraged. You sent me, I was at Did work and you sent me a text. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I remember receiving this okay. text. <laughs> I, I know that this is definitely a first world problem. <laughs> Here's my argument. I feel like the inconvenience of not getting a meal delivery kit is a lot greater than just with a normal package. Because then I have to think about what I actually want to eat for that week. Yep. Go out and buy the groceries, look up the recipes. So there's a lot more work involved with making these meals without a kit. Especially when you're mentally not prepared for this. You're thinking, oh, we're going to have HelloFresh. Now that we're saying <laughs> this out loud, this sounds like <laughs> such a minor issue. But, <laughs> but this is a positive story, though. <laughs> this is this is a positive story. So the following week, I order my HelloFresh box. I make sure to add garlic bread to the delivery. And then I noticed that they actually charged me for the garlic bread. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm already not thrilled about this experience so far. And now I have to reach out to customer service. And over I've, a garlic bread. Over garlic bread. Yeah. And I've that worked... That you promised you'd <laughs> comp. Right. And, and I've worked a lot of different customer experience jobs. And I think the best customer service experience is when you don't have to interact with customer service. So I reach out through chat. Fortunately, it's a pretty short five, 10 minute chat. It's not something that they fight me over. They just refund the garlic bread. Finally, a couple days later, I get the box. I pop this garlic bread in the oven. At this point, anticipation is very high. What were you expecting? Did it look like a you know good garlic bread? How, how, yeah, how's, I mean... What, what were your expectations? I don't know if I put a lot of expectations <laughs> into this garlic bread. Okay. Medium expectations. Yeah, okay, medium. So I was really looking thinking. forward to it. I yeah. mean, there was nothing in that box that really went along with the garlic bread that mm -hmm. week. But I just decided, hey, I'm going to pop this in the oven. First bite. It was delicious. Is that why I got no bites? I didn't even get to try this garlic well, bread. You were... <laughs> you had work late that evening, so... But, okay, all right, go on with your... <laughs> Upon the first taste of garlic bread, I think all was forgiven. Really? All of the troubles? It was that through. good. Now I want to try this. Yeah. That's You're the thing. comparing this garlic bread to my Corona Tokyo sake cup. It, I mean, it, <laughs> it was that good. And at the end of the day, even though this whole experience started out with a negative not getting the delivery at all, HelloFresh really ended up the winner out of this because now the next time I order, I'm probably going to proactively get that $3.99 garlic bread. I didn't think that gesture was going to be sufficient, but in retrospect, it was enough. They've made you a loyal fan of their brand uh, through I mean, their garlic bread. I'm still not going to get HelloFresh every week, yeah. but they have a leg up on Blue Apron. Let's just say that. 
talking about our favorite brands, our uh, number one brand <laughs> would have to be Costco. I feel like we're pretty loyal to the Costco brand. We're committed. I agree. <laughs> I've had the executive Costco membership for many years. Not only, I don't think we're only fans because they're our, our hometown team, right? Yeah, I mean, I like good prices and good quality, so of course I'm a fan <laughs> of Costco. There's not very many brands that I'm loyal to. Like if I go gr grocery shopping and it's a matter of getting store brand versus, you know, the fancy brand, I'm yeah. probably going to get that 99 cent store pasta. <laughs> but what I like about Costco is, as I touched on earlier, you can walk in there and feel confident that you're going to get a good value, mm -hmm. that the quality is going to be good. And the other thing that I appreciate about Costco is you know that you're always going to be able to return something. Not that we do this often. We don't. But there are times, but like you said, no questions asked. Yeah, they're very yeah. friendly about it. Because mm -hmm. if you buy something at Costco, of course, you're getting a 20 pack of something. What if yeah. you taste one of those packages and it's a dud? Which we, has happened to us. Yeah, we got the tonkatsu ramen. Definitely skip that. Which on paper looked like it'd be really tasty. But no flavor. Yeah, like I don't know how you would do tonkatsu ramen without the tonkatsu. Like, uh, like you know, what kind of flavor you would have to incorporate. Looking back, that probably wasn't the best decision on our part. It had no flavor. Probably the worst ramen I've ever had. And Guns had a lot of ramen. I, I packaged am a, ramen. <laughs> Not I'm actual a, ramen, but packaged yeah, ramen. Yeah, I am a packaged ramen connoisseur. Shin ramen, uh, shin ramen black or dalgori. I mean, Koreans love packaged ramen. But of course, what stands out about Costco is that $1.50 hot dog. Used to be Polish dog, but now hot dog. Don't get me started on this because I've never been more frustrated at a brand. <sighs> no brand has betrayed me more than Costco when they took the Polish dog away. I was devastated. And I remember the moment that that happened because one day we were <laughs> at Costco <laughs> And we actually went to a Costco that we normally don't go to. Correct. I look at the menu and the only option is hot dog. I see no Polish dog. So I end up buying hot dog. I walk back to the food court. We're gun sitting. And I could tell you are very disappointed. Well, you know, you can tell what Polish dog is inside out with the tinfoil. When you were walking over, I just saw the white and I was confused. I was like, wait, that's just a regular beef hot dog. That's not the Polish dog. And I tried to explain to you. The only thing on the menu was the hot dog. Here's the thing with Gunn. A lot of times he doesn't outright say that he's disappointed when it's something that I've done. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that I did in the scenario was buy the hot dog. But so you Gunn, bought the wrong hot okay, dog, though. Okay. <laughs> so Gunn will like, he won't straight up say anything, but he'll be like, yeah, boo. It's okay. Yeah, this is really good. And it's just not convincing at all. It gets me so frustrated. It's just like, if you're upset, just say you're upset. Well, I was upset. Yeah. I I was upset. A couple of days later, we find out that Costco was actually phasing out the Polish dog. Why would you ever do such a thing? Uh, this is what upsets me even more. If they just got rid of the hot dogs, I understand. But they made a conscious decision to keep the beef hot dog and then remove the Polish dog, which everyone I know that goes to Costco, they only order Polish dogs. Well, the price has been $1.50, and not only are you getting the hot dog, you're also getting a soda. Yeah. And it has not gone up since the 1980s. I actually have a pretty funny story about that. Recently, the company's current CEO, who is W. Craig Jelenic, 
hopefully I'm pronouncing that name right, was being interviewed and he talked about Jim Senegal, who is the founder of Costco. And he says, quote, I came to Senegal once and I said, Jim, we can't sell this hot dog for a buck (laughs) fifty. We are losing our rear ends. And he said, if you raise the price of the effing hot dog, I will kill you. Figure it out. And uh, later on, the article went to mention that an employee in 2018 told Pop Sugar that the company makes just eight cents on every hot dog combo meal. But that's not the point of having the deal in the first place. Mm -hmm. The food court is there to be a good face for the company. We'll sell you a hot dog and soda for a buck fifty, just so your last experience before leaving is one of a pleasant cashier treating you well and giving you a good deal. And as a customer loyal to that brand, you really appreciate those touches. And I've been there have been multiple times where I would eat a meal right before going to Costco, but on my way out, I'd still get that Polish dog because I felt like I was missing out on the Costco experience. I mean, I'm surprised they're even making eight, eight cents. cents. I thought that was, was going to be a loss leader. <laughs> yeah. But in 2009, mm-hmm. Senegal did an interview with the Seattle Times and a reporter asked him, if that price ever goes up, what will it mean? And he says that I'm dead. We're known for that hot dog. That's something you don't mess with. See, that's why we're loyal fans. That's why we love the brand. Now that we've talked about brands that we're both loyal to, I think there are some brands that you wanted to talk about as well. There are a few brands that I was introduced to as a kid that I still am loyal to. Mm -hmm. And these brands are Champion, Converse, and then Seiko would be the third one. Did you collect Seikos as a kid? Well, not really. But I was aware of the Seiko brand growing up. What makes these brands unique is they make great quality products like Champion hoodies, Converse high tops, and then just a Seiko diver watch. These aren't expensive items. And so I just never grew out of these brands. So I still have it in my rotation. With Seiko, I think it's a watch brand that as a watch enthusiast, you kind of experience at one point in your collecting career. A lot of people graduate from Seiko and move on to different brands. Some of us never graduate and we're, you know, permanent Seiko geeks uh, with as we collect watches. But I think the quality of the brand is what really stands out. And then also the price point, you know, having an approachable price point is also what's very important. So I see myself wearing these three bands for the rest of my life. Will Seiko send you garlic bread, though, if they mess up an order? <laughs> That's the best way to win over customers. I don't know if Seiko would. I know Chrono Tokyo would definitely do that. They'd hook it up with the yep, G bread. They would hook it up with the G bread, but I don't know about Seiko. I don't know about Seiko's customer uh, service. I, I haven't experienced that yet. Yeah, because you've never bought a watch directly from Seiko, right? It's all been secondhand. Correct. Or at May, through Macy's. So, oh, that's so through a third okay. party. Yeah, third party dealer. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the closest. But I've never really gone to a Seiko store, so I don't really know much about their customer service. Yeah, actually, come to think of it, in the U.S., I wonder if they have any storefronts. Yeah, yeah, they actually they do? do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then okay. also they have a few Grand Seiko storefronts now, too. Oh, not in Seattle, though. No, not not in Seattle. That's a good thing. Luckily for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's actually a good thing. That is a good thing. But... I have a feeling they're going to have amazing uh, customer service if you were to go into like a Grand Seiko in Japan and go look at watches. I feel like it would be quite the experience. 
One of these years, I'm sure we'll make our way to Japan. We kind of have to, yeah. I've been there once. I was actually supposed to meet Gun in Japan when we were dating. Because <laughs> Gun was living in Korea. So I was like, hey, let's do something different. Let's go to Japan. Booked the Airbnb. And then Gun ended up canceling on me. <laughs> it was because of work. It wasn't yes. just I randomly canceled. But it was still a good trip. Uh, my sister actually ended up joining me. And then my parents met up with us. And we got to go to Tokyo. We went to Osaka. Went to Nara. It was a great trip. So to wrap up this episode, we talked about you know some of the brands that we're loyal to and what customers really appreciate from brands. And the details really don't go unnoticed. And it's all about the omotenashi spirit. <laughs> That's a good way to sum everything up. Mm-hmm. Before we sign off here, I did want to give a shout out to uh, everyone who's given us a five-star rating. Boom, boom. We're finally at 10 reviews. <laughs> finally at double digits. <laughs> you have no idea how happy readings. that makes us. Yeah, it's really fun to read through these. Uh, so just wanted to give a quick shout out to Kimo Swabi. Aloha Girl, 206, and Marcus K.A. for your views. They really do mean a lot to us. Thanks for listening to us. And then also we appreciate you taking your time to, you know, sharing your feedback and letting us know of what you think of the podcast. That really means a lot. Next week, we're aiming for 10 more reviews. Let's, let's no, not be that? too ambitious here. Let's just, yeah. <laughs> well, at this least we're in double digits. Yeah, we're in double so. digits now. <laughs> um, anyways, thanks everyone uh, for listening and for leaving us a review. And we will see you next week. We'll see you next week. Watch, fam. Bye. To see some of the watches featured on today's podcast, check out My Last Watch Pod on Instagram. That's My Last Watch Pod all one word, on Instagram.